This morning, just for a few minutes, I want to talk to you about the thrill of hope. Somebody say hope. The thrill of hope. And of course, you know, you've been seeing this children's emphasis this morning. We do love kids around here. and We love the next generation. But, you know, when I think about the thrill of hope, I also think about just the thrill of Christmas, especially the Christmas morning. And tomorrow morning, uh, many of our kids, if you're a parent or a grandparent, getting around the tree and, and just a time of ripping open into the presence. And we know that Christmas is not about presents. That's just a representation of the ultimate gift, Jesus. But it is crazy, and the thrill on kids' faces, and the joy in their voices, and the, the screaming at ungodly hours in the morning just to get us out of the bed, us parents out of the bed, so they can get down there and open their presents. And, and I want us to do something just for a few moments. I want to give every adult in here permission to be a kid just for a moment as I do a little survey with you guys. All right, can we do that? Some of you, some of you are already that... Um, yeah, we won't go any further with that. Some of you deal with that, a little being a little kid, childlike, then that would be me. But I want to just ask you a few questions here, and I want you to be honest. Don't, don't, uh, don't hold back, all right? You can't lie in church, all right? And your kids are watching. <laughs> all right, so how many people here, and I can barely see you, but, and, and you don't need to turn lights on, but how many people here, when you were a kid, and when your parents weren't around, you went under the Christmas tree, and you grabbed your present, and you pulled back the corner of the paper to see what you got. Be honest. Come on. Let me know. I'm not alone. All right. Look at them, kids. Look at them. Quick. All right. All right. All right. We're going to go a little deeper. All right. Confession time in church. All right. How many people here, you did what I just said, but you actually opened it and you played with it while the parents weren't around? All right. Fewer hands. Fewer honest people. Anyway, all right, and I'm hoping I'm not alone on this one. I'm guilty of all the above, but I'm hoping I'm not alone on this one. How many people here, you got the present on the tree, you opened the present, you played with the present, and you broke the present? It just, it's just me. It's already <laughs> All right, yeah, that was me. That, that was me, and, and there's some other people that didn't raise their hand. But anyway... This week as I was talking about uh, this talk with my wife, as I talk out every message with her, uh, she told me something. We've been married 21 years and I did not realize this about her. That one Christmas season when she was in high school and her sister Andrea was in middle school, it was the time mom was away. And, uh, and so they got out all the presents. Lisa got all her presents, Andrea got all her presents, and they opened all of them. Not just one. Opened all of them. And then the genius idea came in their brains that, well, we need to rewrap these presents with new wrapping paper. Maybe thinking that, I don't know, maybe it was the same paper, I don't know, but thinking that it would look all nice and neat. So they took their time, they rewrapped all their presents, put them under the tree, and then it doesn't stop there. Lisa said, we just got this crazy idea and they took the old just messed up wrapping paper to the bathroom and Lisa began with her sister there watching you were a poor example honey uh, to light the old wrapping paper on fire over the toilet bowl and then to burn up the evidence and to get rid of all of it she flushed it down the toilet well, of course, mom came in just a little bit later on, and as any parent has a superpower of a sniffer, they were just sniffing away, and she's like, who's been smoking in this house? 
and literally find herself just a few minutes later in the bathroom to see the evidence still a little bit of it that had been pushed back or was hanging around the toilet bowl. Kids don't ever do that at home and shame, shame Lisa for ever doing that. I've always wanted to say that publicly. But uh, anybody ever have a, a Christmas, last question for confession time, anybody ever ever Christmas before and it was that one gift you really, really wanted so bad and I mean maybe it was two and three Christmases you kept putting on the list, you kept begging mom and dad and for whatever reason you didn't get it. Anybody, anybody there still have a little bit of resentment in your heart? Lord, bring healing in the house right now. For me, it was a $6 million man action figure. I desperately wanted this $6 million man action figure. And mom, my, I asked my dad several years later, I was like, Dad, why, why did you not get me that uh, action figure? And he said, I'm not buying one of my sons a doll. I said, it's not a doll, it's an action figure. And this, this is, I'm a, kind of a nostalgia kind of guy. But, uh, and so in my 30s, one of my good friends found out that I'd always wanted it and blessed me. So, Dad, I know you're watching. I got it, all right. But uh, here's my Steve Austin $6 million Bionic Man doll, all right. I mean, action figure. But I think we all can relate with it. It even came with a rocket that I'm almost going to break trying to put it back together. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think all of us can uh, relate with uh, that kind of Christmas, that gift that you always wanted. But also, I think a lot of people can relate even more with hopes and not seeing those hopes come to pass. And I can't help but think about in this season of Christmas, uh, as we're looking and celebrating at our Savior's birth and, and Him coming and hope, Jesus being the hope of the world, of God's people, the Jews, the nation of Israel, I want you to think about this for a moment. Generation after generation after generation died off and they never saw the promise of the gift that was Jesus. I want you to think about it. If we were a part in that time in biblical history, during that, in the latter part of the Old Testament, it talks about that, that God was rarely seen or heard. It was a quiet time among people. And fathers were telling their children and children were telling their children that, hey, one day the Messiah is going to come. He's going to come. And, and father through old age passed away and a generation passed away. And, and they just kept saying, he's going to come. The gift is going to come. And for many generations, they never saw that gift fleshed out in who we know as Jesus. And so I want you to think about that. I mean, it was generations, and they, they heard about the prophecy, and they, they were telling their family, He's going to come, the Messiah is going to come, and yet generations passed by. Can you imagine the weariness of those generations? I don't know if you've ever held on to hope, hoping something would happen, hoping something would happen, hoping you would see the light of day, and it seems like it never would happen. That, it brings a weariness to your soul. And it, it's almost, you know, the Bible says, Scripture tells us that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And there was a, an entire nation of people waiting for the gift who we know as Jesus, the Messiah. And for generations, they never saw that. You know, I had to be thinking, like, they had to be wondering, is he ever going to come? Is, is he even real? And then, of course, you and I both know on that fateful night, the heavens opened up 
and literally there was an angelic choir announcing, tonight is the night. The king is here. The Messiah has come. The king who will change everything is here. And of course, we know the rest of the story. They tell these shepherds who, I had to think about the shepherds. They had to be thinking while they're seeing this unbelievable thing. And they, they were scared to death. The angel even said, don't be afraid. They had to be thinking, wait a minute. I've, I've heard about this. I've, I've heard about this, this announcement. I remember my grandfather talking about this. And the angels go ahead and tell them that peace and goodwill is coming to mankind. The Savior has been born. Not in a palace, not in a mansion, but basically in the side of a cave almost, surrounded by animals in a manger. The the Messiah, Messiah has been born, the Savior of the world, as a baby. We know Him as Jesus. Hope was born that night. The Bible tells us also that those shepherds, they went and they, they checked it out and they wanted to see if this is what was going on. And they, they worshipped when they, saw, when they came upon baby Jesus. They worshipped him. And then the scriptures tell us that they took off and told everyone about what they had seen and heard. They saw hope being born. They saw Jesus, their Messiah. You know the Christmas carol, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Hope was born. Somebody say hope. The dictionary defines hope as a feeling of expectation, a desire for a particular thing to happen. We all have hopes. Remember when you were in college and maybe you had not met that special one yet? I remember like I was praying emergency 911 prayers and saying, God, I, I hope I'm going to meet her. I want, I, Father, I want to get married. I, I hope. You've been there. You know, like, I hope I get married. And, you know, you get married. And then it's like, Lord, kids. And, you know, and then that job. I hope I get that job. I, I hope I get that promotion. I, I hope we get that. I remember that feeling of the first house we ever had in Thomasville, Georgia. Uh, Lord, I, can we, I hope we can get it. I hope we can raise enough money to get our first, I rem- that hope. I hope one day that we can retire. I hope one day we can travel. How about this with 18 right around the corner? I hope that 2018 will be better than 2017. We all can relate with hope. And I think, you know, thinking about our children here today, I remember getting, again, becoming into high school, and I remember adults telling me this one phrase about hope, and it wasn't positive. They would say this, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. And I think there is something in us, in society, that we outgrow hope. We outgrow the very thing that we need desperately in our not lives. And let me tell you what our nation is looking for more than ever is hope. And that hope is only found in Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you this morning, listen to me in these last few minutes, hope is not a thing or a place or even a feeling. Hope is a person and his name is Jesus. And I'm telling you, like when you think about hope, uh, you know, you're hoping that something will happen. I'm hoping for an end result. And if you just put your hope in the something happening or the hope in the end result, if it doesn't go your way or things don't work out, you lose hope. We misplace hope. We don't need to put it in the end result. We need to put it in Jesus who sees the end result. 
Hey, let me say this to you this morning. Whatever you're thinking about 18, and I hope 2018 for you, that you're thinking now that it's going to be a great year for you and your family. I really believe and pray that you would have that in your heart. I'm going to believe that 18 is going to be better. Somebody say better. And greater. Somebody say greater. God has that for you in 2018. But don't hope in that. Put your hope and trust in Jesus and walk out 18 in trust, knowing, listen to me, that his 18 for you is better than your 18 for you. Because our Jesus is our hope. He's working all things together for our good. So hope is very closely connected with trust and with faith. It's literally saying, I'm not hoping the result will happen. I'm hoping in the one who sees the beginning and the end. And I'm trusting him that he's going to work this out for my good. And whatever the end result is, I know that you've got my back and you've got my good and you're working this all out. Our hope has to be anchored in Jesus. Hey, let me just say this to you. I've always believed the best in people and sometimes that's even gotten me in trouble. But I want to tell you what, you can't even put your hope in people in the flesh you got to put your hope in Jesus. And I say that respectfully because I believe you should trust people, you should honor people, believe the best in people. But people, me, all of us, we're flesh, we're imperfect. We will let you down. People, we let each other down. But we serve the one who is hope, living hope, the God of hope, who will never leave us nor forsake us. And let me tell you, he will never let, Lisa just sang about, let you go. He is God Emmanuel. Are you with me this morning? So let's don't go with the world's definition of hope, of being a feeling, of hoping something will happen, but putting your feet bedrock in Jesus Christ saying, you are my hope and I'm trusting you with whatever the problem, whatever the situation is, or if we look at a new year, I'm trusting you with 2018 and I'm going to walk in that way. Hope. Somebody say hope. So what do we need to do as I get ready to close? We need to go back. Listen to me. We need to go back to the childlike faith and trust. I'm not talking about childlike immaturity and foolishness. I'm talking about childlike faith, trust, and hope. Think about it. When you were a kid, everything was bigger, including your God. And God is awesome, and He is big, and we need to put our hope anchor our hope in him and have that childlike faith that that thrill of hope that the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn let me say this maybe you're here today and you're you're weary maybe no one knows it we all can put a good face on but deep down inside you are weary you're hurting, you're struggling, maybe, maybe deep down you're dealing with doubt and maybe even anger. We can have all those emotions. Maybe 2017 wasn't what you hoped it would be. Maybe life has not been what you want to be. Maybe you're here this morning, and maybe only a few people know it, but you are struggling with personal tremendous pain inside of things that you're fighting through in your life. And I'll tell you what, if maybe a lot of people don't know or maybe no one knows the inner struggles, I'm going to tell you what, there is one who does know. He knows your pain. 
and he knows where you're at, and he knows what you're going through, and he loves you, and his name is Jesus, and he is the hope of the world. Can I encourage you, whatever you're going through this morning, wherever you're at today, put your hope in Jesus, your trust, your faith in the one who literally holds the entire system together, who sees everything and has his very best for you and I. I want to close out with a scripture. And this guy's one of my heroes in the Bible. He was actually a prophet during one of those times I was talking about where it was really quiet. His name was Jeremiah, and he was called the weeping prophet. How would you like to be called that? He was called the weeping prophet. He went through a lot of pain, and he had to say a lot of hard things to the people of Israel. And he was really persecuted for it. He was ridiculed. He was even one time in his life as he got older, thrown in an old, dried-up well and left there to die. And through that, he wrote the book of Lamentations. And in this chapter that we're about to look at here, just this few scriptures, he was going through a really tough time. And I want you to focus in on these words last. Look at this on the screen here together. Look at this. Let's say it, say it together, that first line there. Yet I still... Come on, one more time. Yet I still... Can I encourage you? I dare you to hope in 2018. No matter what you're going through, I dare you to hope again, believe again, have that childlike faith again, not in situations or in results or what you want to see happen. Place all that into Jesus, knowing that he holds the end results, the situations, your future. I mean, what did God say? I've given you a hope and a future. That was in Jeremiah, actually. Look back at the screen real quick here as we close this out. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. Here it is. It's not just something. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. When people let you down, he will never let you down. When we are faithless, he is faithful. Great is his faithfulness. Look at this. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, some of us need to talk to ourselves a little bit more in 18. Doesn't matter if people see you at the car and they're looking at you all weird. Just keep talking to yourself. Quote the word over you, all right? I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Let's read this last line together. Therefore, I, therefore I will hope in him. No matter what I'm going through, yet I still dare to hope.